Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. Come on, just close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your divine presence, for your divine glory all over this place. I pray your anointing that it will break every single yoke. And I pray, Lord, that you will lift us up high to glorify your name. And we shake off everything that is evil and everything that is good. We put it on, Father. We put on the garments of praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now give them another praise. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Woo. Hallelujah. I enjoyed that praise. Powerful praise. But tonight we're going to enjoy Tracy Jones. All the way up from Houston, Texas. We've known each other probably 27 years. He was in the home. I used to go and teach. Just an amazing man, him and his wife, just beautiful. And he's got about three kids now, and they have all grown. I can't believe he told me the ages. I said, man, I'm getting younger. Let's give Tracy Jones a warm welcome. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. Give the Lord a big praise tonight. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Years ago, your pastor would come over to Texas, specifically in Houston, and I had the honor and the privilege of hosting him and uh, changed the trajectory of our ministry. Really, really changed the, the trajectory of our ministry, myself and other ministers who at that time were just being trained. Uh, I had been delivered from drugs was in the men's home. Uh, I tell people that I used to be on crack, but I actually used to live in a crack. I know I look good today, but I used to live in a crack house. I wasn't visiting, it was my address. And so when Pastor Ruben started coming to Houston, uh, like I said, I had the privilege of hosting him. But one of the things that left a, just an impression upon myself and the church and my pastor, was importate, you remember those classes? Importation classes that he used to give and used to have to write down all the points. And uh, he would give like, one of the uh, teachings he had was called God's Arrows. And you had to write all of the points down. And it was like 150 points. And boy, we used to write those points down. And afterwards, what I would do is I would rewrite them. And then we would be instructed to hold our own impartation classes. And so I used to play like I was Pastor Reuben, and we would teach. And it really, really changed our ministry. And it just, it's a privilege to see what's happening still here today. After 27 years, God is still doing now what he did back then, and it's gotten better and better and better. Can you say amen? And so 
I am most, I'm most honored to be here tonight, but I have an assignment and I want us to get to it. Go with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one. Well, why did you choose Genesis? Well, I thought maybe this would be a little easier for you. We didn't have to go to the book of Habakkuk or Nahum, one of those books like you had to fake like you knew where it was. Genesis will make us all happy. We can get right into Genesis and God can speak to us. Genesis chapter number one, and I'm going to read a couple of verses. Maybe I'll conclude in Genesis one and four, perhaps. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Look at verse number two again, the B portion of that. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In a different translation, it said, and the Spirit of God hovered above the face of the waters, but I like the word move because that is going to create an emphasis of thought for us tonight. I want to minister on God is still moving. How many of y'all believe that tonight? God is still moving. God is still healing people. God is still delivering people. God is still planting people. God is still raising up prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. God is still doing what he has always done. How many of y'all know God has not changed one bit? Amen. God is still moving is the word of the Lord tonight. Father, I thank you. I honor you. I give you praise and glory just for the opportunity, dear God, to be in the house of God, to be in the presence of God, to be amongst people of God, those God that are filled with your presence, those dear God that are struggling. I am so grateful to be around struggling people tonight, dear God. I thank you for what you are doing in our midst, God. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Years ago when I got saved, my pastor and others were saved before me, maybe some 20 years, and most of them had been delivered from heroin. They were heroin addicts, and the M.O. of that pastor at that time was to reach the Hispanic heroin addict, the junkies. That was the whole M.O. Well, as they were reaching them, those of us that had been addicted to crack cocaine, we kind of like fell in the territory that they were ministering in. They were not after us. They did not want us. There was not absolutely no invitation for us to come, but since we didn't have nowhere else to go, we ended up in the same vicinity where all of the other drug addicts were being changed. I got delivered. I got saved. I got set free. God placed a call upon my life and I began to be trained to be a minister. But I noticed where God was moving amongst those that were heroin addicts. He began now to move amongst those that were crack addicts. And we, we experienced the same things that our fellow drug addicts began to experience. And something took place that I did not understand the homes were exploding. 
the homes were experiencing revival. I mean, homes were being opened up all over the city of Houston, and people were being saved, and everything was about the home. Pastor Ruben came in one day, and he almost poured cold water on it. He said, you guys ain't nothing but a bunch of home directors. Well, that took me by surprise, because I thought that's what we were supposed to be, home directors. He said, what you have to learn how to do is be pastors. You have to learn that God is moving in the church. And it's almost like a fire went off, and the pastor called us all in the room, in this pastor uh, 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 room for a meeting, and he said, God is moving at the church. Well, I immediately thought if God is now moving at the church, he's no longer moving in the men's home. And so I was confused until I began to understand that God could actually move in the church without stopping what he was doing in the men's home. It would be experienced in multiple locations and God would still be God and revival would still begin to take place. And I understood that the God who was in the beginning, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that he is, he's in the beginning. He's the end. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. The God who was, the God who is, and the God that is to come. That you cannot stop God. That God cannot be blocked up. He cannot be restricted. He cannot be hindered. That God cannot be stymied. That he cannot be locked into one location. That if you want to experience a move of God, that God would not be prohibited in moving wherever you are. Wherever God be glorified, God will move. He said wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them God is moving and so God did not stop moving in the home but we experienced God moving in our churches and pastors began to be raised up and they began to be planted all throughout Texas and Mexico because God did not stop what he had previously done but he let us know that I am a God that is so powerful, so large, so expansive that if you would call upon my name there am I to bring forth whatever you have need of can you say amen? amen so we begin to experience the move of God in our text tonight we see something that is quite strange that is taking place we actually historians say that what is taking place was a catastrophe that took place in the earth because we understand that God doesn't create anything that is chaotic. God is a God, and you know the scripture. He moves decently and in order. And we almost think that since God is a God of order, that wherever there's chaos, that God cannot be involved in that. Although God is a God that moves decently and in order, he isn't opposed to chaos. If that be the case, none of us would be here tonight. Because in our chaotic lives, God still had to move. He still had to deliver in spite of all of the traffic that you and I was involved in. And what we see taking place here in the earth is 
there is darkness. Gross darkness has filled God's creation. There is despair. A lot of historians say the flowers are not blossoming and budding anymore. Everything that God created is now under attack. There is a demonic influence of ignorance and darkness that has covered God's creation. But in spite of all of the darkness, the despair, the ignorance that we see in scripture right above that, the Bible just suddenly says, and the spirit of God was moving. In spite of the darkness, in spite of the chaos, in spite of the calamity, in spite of all of the things that had went wrong, God was still moving. In spite of all of what goes wrong in your life, in spite of your marital issues, in spite of your financial problems, if you can just look right above all of that calamity, God is still moving. We often think that because of the difficulty we go through that God has put the brakes on, he has stopped, and he's no longer doing what he promised that he was going to do but yet God is moving right above the chaos right above the face of the deep all of the darkness everything is void you don't see no signs of God's creation but the spirit of God has been introduced to you and I the first time we see the spirit of God we see him moving without a cause he's just moving He's just moving. I was with Pastor Edge and I've been with him, you know, checking him out, you know, because, you know, you want to know if this person is real like he claimed to be. I've been checking him out. And I say, man, the dude don't stop. I mean, he dropped me off at the hotel and he said, what time you want me to be back? I don't want you to come back. I want to. I mean, because he's moving, he's moving, he's moving. And it lets me know that if you don't stop, God won't stop. That if you don't give in, God won't give in. That if you resist the temptation to quit, God will continue moving in your life. I want you to see something. Don't clap because we ain't got that long tonight. I want you to see something. I want you to see the spirit of God. Everybody say the spirit of God. The spirit of God is in an elevated position above everything else. It put me in mind of when I take flight. When I flew over here from Texas to California, I arrived at, my, at, at, the, at, at the airlines and I boarded the plane. And when I boarded that plane, it began to run down the runway and you know what it does. And I began to elevate. As I was elevating, just looking out of the window, I saw red lights that used to stop me. I saw traffic that used to have me bogged down. I saw stop signs that I had to obey. But now that I'm on flight or in the airplane, I have risen above all of that. 
And the things that used to stop me couldn't stop me anymore. I was looking at what was stopping other people that could not stop me. And I say, praise God. And I made it all the way to California in such a short period of time. Had it not been from this psycho that was sitting next to me, it would have been the most pleasant ride that I ever had in my life. The Holy Spirit of God is right above everything that you encounter. The Bible says this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I come to tell somebody in here tonight that no matter what you are encountered by right now, you overcome that. No matter what is trying to bog you down right now, you overcome that. It could be a sickness. It could be a disease. It could be any issue that we go through in this world. I want you to understand that right above that is the spirit of God ready to take you above everything that's trying to take you down. Listen, listen. They're going to have to call the overtaker, not the undertaker. They're going to have to call the overtaker for you because you coming over there. If you believe that, look at your neighbor and say, I'm coming over right now. I'm coming over right now. And the spirit of God is introduced to you and I as he is moving in inanimate objects. He's moving. He don't even have no breath to move through. He don't have no lungs to move through. He doesn't have a body to move through. He says, I'm going to move anyway because that is just what I do. I move. You don't ever have to question by coming to this church on a Thursday evening whether or not God is going to move he has already made the decision that he's going to move and all you got to do is move with him and you will experience a move of God I want to show you something go with me your Bibles quickly go to Numbers chapter number 11 see the Bible is filled with God moving amongst people and when he moves amongst people it's almost as if he ignites a flame that isn't quenched until many signs and wonders are performed. You and I are the benefactors of seeing, and we get accustomed to it, and we have to really resist that. We see signs and miracles performed. When people are delivered, do you know how long they have been in bondage to those drugs? And now they come and with one altar call, they get delivered from a 20-year addiction. They get delivered. This needs to be captured. This needs to be applauded. This is a move of God that most systems cannot duplicate. They cannot replicate this because we got the true stuff. We got the real stuff. We got the anointing of God that brings forth the deliverance of God and it happens every time God is still doing it. In Numbers chapter number 11 verse number 16 is maybe where I'm going to start. Um, <clears throat> leaders, everybody say leaders. Leaders are important. When you walk into a ministry, you walk on the grounds of the ministry, you are encountered by those individuals that are leaders. Whenever I walk into a ministry or a church, I always 
I'm ready to submit myself to the leadership of that house beginning with those ushers that are on the grounds. I understand that the leadership brings forth the vision. They bring forth the direction. They bring forth what God is doing in that place. Leaders are vitally important. But what is even more important than just leaders themselves is that they carry the attitude, that they carry the wherewithal of the vision of the house, the man of the house, the set man, the pastor of the house, all of those that are with him, they virtually have to have his spirit. Now, we understand that we don't need a bunch of robots, but we do need people to assume the responsibility of the man in the house, of the house. And so Moses, in what we're about to read, Moses is the man of the house, if you will, and he is encumbered about a bunch of people that are complaining. And God looks upon him and look upon the complaints of the people, and he says, give me 70 of those people that are helping you, and what I am going to do is I am going to put your spirit upon them. Letting you know that previous to this, they did not have Moses' spirit, but they was doing Moses' work. See, a lot of times we find ourselves doing the work of the Lord, but we don't have the attitude of God. We don't have the perspective of God. We don't have God's outlook on what we are doing, and so we get frustrated not understanding that what we are doing, if we look at it the way God looked at it, if we looked at people the way God looked at people, we will never get frustrated because we have the spirit of God. God told Moses, he said, I want you to bring these 70 people. I am well, let me let you see what the word says. Numbers chapter number 11, verse number 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, gather unto me 70 men, elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be elders of the people, officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with thee. Verse 17. I will come down and talk with thee there. He says, Moses, I'm going to talk with you there. Bring the 70, but I'm just going to talk to you. And while I'm talking to you, I'm going to take up the spirit which is upon thee and put it on them. Watch this. God tells Moses, I'm going to come and talk to you. In the transmission of words, there's going to be a transference of anointing. As I am transmitting words to you, there's going to be a transfer of anointing from you onto them. But what we do not read but is absolutely expressed is that Moses is not going to lose anything in the translation. Oftentimes we think if God transfers something to us, the person or who God has transferred it from is going to lose out in the transference. God is letting us know, Moses, you are not going to lose nothing, but they're going to gain something. A lot of times, the reason why there's envy and jealousy and people don't want other people to get blessed, we some kind of crazy way 
think that God has to steal something from somebody and sneak it over to you so that you can be blessed because he is not big enough to bless him and you at the same time. Let me tell you, that's not the God that we serve. The God that we serve can bless Moses and still turn around and bless Edgy at the same time because he's God and you are not. So he tells Moses, he said, Moses, while I'm talking to you, something is going to take place in the spirit realm. You're not going to be able to stop it. They're not going to know where it's coming from, but there's going to be a transfer of anointing upon those 70 elders. If you drop down, let's go down to verse number 25. This is where I really want to be. Verse number 25. And the Lord came down in a cloud. And spake unto him, took the spirit that was upon him, and gave it unto the 70 elders. Now, in the NIV version, it uses a word that I love, but I couldn't use it because I don't like the way it was written. It says it took the power of the spirit and put it upon the 70 elders. But it uses the word some. It said it took some of the spirit that was upon Moses and put it upon the 70 elders. And I thought look to myself, I don't want some. How many of y'all certified with some? I don't want just some. I mean, if I can get it all. Oh, let me talk to these people over here. See, when I was on drugs, I just, I ain't just, just, just get, I got to go to work in the morning. Just give me a little bit. Yeah, I just, I don't want all of that. Oh, no, no, no. Don't hit me with all of that. Don't hit me with that. I want everything that is available to me. So when it said power, I got excited. But when it said some, I understand God is not going to do anything and leave you just halfway there. God is not going to give you anything that is not the whole ball of wax of what he intended to give. Didn't he say he that began a good work in you will finish it until the day of the Lord Jesus. So some of it just will not do. Somebody shout, I want everything. Hallelujah. I want everything that God got in store for me. So the Bible says he took the power of the spirit that was upon Moses and he put it upon the 70 elders. And at the end of it, I did not quite understand why they did this. Bible said the Lord came down, took the spirit that was upon him, gave it unto the 70 elders, and it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. Hmm. When the spirit rested upon them, there was an energy that came upon them. There was a anointing that came upon them that they began to prophesy and don't get thrown by prophesied. It doesn't necessarily mean, yeah, 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 thus said the Lord. It could be just that you, you, you know what I mean, because, oh, yeah, take off your shoes where you're standing. It's holy. Doesn't mean that necessarily. It simply means that they glorified God. They could have perhaps begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance, but they did not 
cease. Why didn't they cease? Because the same God that was moving upon Moses was now moving upon them. And if they did not stop, the spirit of God would not stop. The Bible say they prophesy and they cease not. So a move of God was taking place that did not stop. It did not quit. And they began to glorify God in the King James Version. In the NIV version, it says that they received the same thing that King James said, but it said that they prophesied and they never did it again anymore. And I said, Lord, you got to begin to break this down for me. Did they prophesy and not cease or did they prophesy and did not do it anymore? And the Lord told me, he said, my spirit will never stop. But when people put a halt, to what's taking place in the spirit realm, I have no choice but to stop because I am utilizing whatever faculties they have yielded to me. Do you not know that God will use your hands, that God will use your voice, that God will use whatever you yield to him? You can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover until you decide I'm not going to lay hands on the sick and they're not going to recover. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I didn't want to get baptized in the Holy Ghost because I'm a, I was raised a Baptist. My grandfather was a Baptist pastor, and we believed in everything but, but them tongues. <laughs> them tongues were for somebody else. But when I, got, when I got delivered and was in the men's home, everybody spoke in tongues. And I was like, oh, Lord, Jesus. Because I was into our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive, I was into the Lord's prayer. I thought they would have gone crazy. I don't need all of that gibberish. One day I was, this is the honest to God truth, one day I was knocking on doors. We were raising funds for the men's home. I knocked on several doors and I couldn't get nobody to buy my product. As I began to walk down the street, I started praying, Father, I need some help because they told us you can't come back home until you get rid of these products. <laughs> we know you love God, but you better sell these chocolates. And so I'm walking down the street and I want to go home and they are not even buying my product. And I started praying. And in the, this is no joke. In the midst of praying, something came up within me. I said, what? what? <laughs> well, when I did that, people start buying. So I said, Ken So I'm speaking in tongues. I get back to the men's home. We gather around for prayer like we always do. And I remembered I'm a Baptist. But I can't be speaking in tongues like everybody else speaking in tongues. The long story short is that. As long as I spoke, the tongues flowed. When I stopped, the tongue stopped. See, the Spirit of God is at the behest of you and I. 
He will move outside of you, but you don't want him to do that. You want him to move in utilization of yourself. And when you yield over to God, I don't care how goofy it looks. I don't care how strange it feels. When you yield yourself to God, God will move in your life. Listen, I'm going to close, but listen to me. Listen to me. The Bible says that as the spirit of God was moving and he had nobody to use in his move, God, the Bible said, came out. He's looked at darkness, but he spoke light. In other words, there was a demonic stronghold over the light that belonged to him. What he did was when he spoke to light, it automatically caused the demonic stronghold to release what God demanded. And when God said, let there be light, light was released from the darkness. It was the darkness holding the light back. But when God spoke, it released the, oh, there you go, Lord. There you go, Lord. There you go, Lord. See, when you and I got saved, we got saved because the spirit of God Rest upon preachers. I know we don't like preachers, and I know they're a bunch of hypocrites, and I know that they've done you wrong. I know that preacher, that preacher. But the truth of the matter is God uses preachers. His spirit rests upon them. And the Bible lets us know that you'll have struggling hearing if there's no preacher that is preaching. And when a preacher begins to preach, there's some anointing that is resting upon that preacher that releases a sound. And when that sound is released, it shatters darkness. It tears down destruction. It eliminates everything that had been holding that drug addict back. That drug addict been wanting to get saved, but he couldn't get saved. He went to all kind of program, but he couldn't get delivered. And then the preached word of God came forth. He was just in this church, and the preacher didn't know how to preach his way out of a paper bag. But because the anointing of God was resting upon his life, the anointing of God shattered the darkness. And when the darkness was shattered, he began to see the light. And when he saw the light, that go that drug addict coming forth. He's coming forth. He don't know why he's coming forth, but he's coming forth because there was something that was spoken. And when God said, let there be light, the spirit of God got its marching orders. The spirit of God began to move. And the Bible says, when God said it, he saw it. When God said it, he saw it. You know how it is, pastors. We bring people to the altar. We lead them in what is called the sinner's prayer. Sometimes it can seem so traditional, so ritualistic, almost religious. I almost think that they really get saved. The truth of the matter is, it's not about feelings. It's about what's taking place in the spirit realm. There is a word that shot through and destroyed everything that was holding that person back. Now that person's heart is free. And the word of God can enter into that person's heart and begin to savage him, save him, set him free, turn that, pre turn that drug addict into a prophet. That's what the spirit of God does. 
There was a man in the Bible, a prophet by the name of Elijah. Elijah was with this king named Ahab. He told Ahab, he said, you better get down. He said, because I hear. I hear. See, a lot of people want to speak, but not very many people want to hear. Your speaking comes by virtue of your hearing. Bible says, he that has an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So he says, now, I hear. I hear. How does no rain sound? I hear. I hear an abundance, not just drip drops, but I hear an abundance of rain. He tells the king, he said, you better get down because this rain is going to be a deluge. You're not going to be able to handle what is coming. That's a word for somebody. You're not going to be able to handle what God is bringing your way. But there is always people that God will use to let you know what God is going to do in your life. Thank God for people like Pastor Reuben who can be there and kind of navigate us through and let us know. I know that you are in the midst of a dark time in your life. But I hear, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And Elijah said, get down, Ahab. I hear, I hear. Somebody say, I hear something. 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 I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I'm in an empty church, but I hear the glory of God. I hear an army that is marching. I hear disciples that is moving. I hear an abundance, an abundance of rain. And then the Bible says, after it had not rained, he had a servant and he kept sending. You know the story. He kept sending. He said, go and look because God ain't going to tell me anything that I'm not going to eventually see take place. Why? Because God moves like that. If God tells you something, don't let nobody talk you out of it. If God told you what he was going to do in your life, don't let no Rudy Poot coming up. Rudy Poot, that's a whole word right there. Don't let nobody come and talk you out of what God has told you. Some of y'all came to this church. You know why you came to this church? Well, God told me to come over here. Don't let nobody talk you out of what God told you. He said, go back. And he sent the servant back seven times. He says, until you see something, what God has told me can't be validated. But when you see it, that's when a validation comes. And he told him when the last time he came back, he said, I see something like a, a man's hand. Yep, that's all I need. That's all I need. All I need to see is a fist that releases the abundance. Some of you all right now looking at a closed fist. Don't get discouraged by a closed fist. It's an indication that God can open the abundance in your life. How many of you all believe that tonight? I want you to do me a favor because God is still moving. Even on this night, God is still moving in your life.
tonight. There was this man that he, there he is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know you, sir, from anyone. I, I know you are doing something significant in the house of the Lord. But you are ahead of the curve. God is giving you songs, and don't be afraid to write them. God is giving you songs. I can see your orchestration and creativity taking place even in service. I see your creativity taking place. God has given you that. Whatever or why you have been hesitant, God say, now the release. Now the abundance. He's flooding your spirit and even your souls with words, it would actually be lyrics, but they are words. And they are going to bring forth life. And you are going to be able to connect them. And I can see you with your pen and your mind is in the pen that you are using. And you are putting together songs and they are songs of deliverance. And God is going to release you into a greater area of influence even through the songs that you write. Father, I praise you for it right now. In Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus. There may be some of you all here tonight that say, you know what, Pastor Tracy? I feel as if God is doing something in my life. I cannot pinpoint it. I cannot actually say exactly what it is. Well, you just put yourself in the majority. Very few of us can say exactly what God is doing. In fact, if we could say exactly what he was doing, he probably wouldn't be God. But I want you to know tonight that what you are sensing is true. That what you are witnessing, God witnessing in your spirit, it is true. And this is your opportunity tonight to say, I need that validation. And I have come by way of direction of the Lord, just to let you know that it's been validated, that your dreams have been validated, that what you have been saying, even you didn't know why you were saying it, it has been validated. You've been hearing preaching, but it's not even what the preacher has been preaching. God has been sending you signals, even secret signals. God has been sending you because God is going to do something in your life. I want you to get ready because there's a there's a sound of an abundance that is coming your way. I'm here to pray with you tonight. You say, Pastor Tracy, I just need prayer. I want to open up this altar. I want you to come right now in the name of the Lord. I just want to pray with you tonight. I believe the anointing of God is upon me tonight and I believe God will move in your life tonight in a mighty and in a special way tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's men Whenever I come to a church similar to this, there's always called people. There are always people that God has called. It is the history of the church. It is the root of this church. They cannot help but to be called people that are in the house of God. And yes, that is you, young man. And yes, that is you, young lady. God has called you. God has earmarked you. You are in the clutch of God. You are right. You are the 
apple of his eye. It's you. It's you. It's you. You don't have to look no further. You don't have to look around you. It is you that God has chosen, that God has called. Hallelujah. We give you glory right now, Father. We give you glory right now, dear God. In Jesus' wonderful name.